0: Can
1: In Kansas City is where we're at today. Thanks to those guys out there in Arizona for doing what they did tonight—the Arizona Arrowhead Pride Show. That's kind of a a lot to say at well, once. Been a while. Um, I guess it's only been since Sunday. It's it's Wednesday. It feels like forever though this week. As I think this week, the best way to describe this week is like a slow death by a paper cut. Just keeps dragging. Like we're only into Wednesday. So I got two more hours of this program and then we finally get to Thursday. Um I feel like we won't really I don't I don't know how many of you are. Right? Like I don't know if like if if you're those people that that like December's like Christmas is your month, like that's your holiday month that you get really excited about, you know, you put decorations up in November and it feels like those 25 days take forever to get to the point of of that morning that is exciting for some families. It kind of kicked in today for me. Today was like kind of like the, okay, here we go. Because, you know, last week you got to be able to maintain it. If you can't, that's awesome. It's just, um, it is what it is at that point. But I think when you, if you can control your, you know, your inner ambition for this big game on Sunday, which is kind of hard to do, um, if you can do it last week, props. Um, Monday this week, it kind of starts a little bit. Yesterday, whatever. And then now the injury report's out. Now it kind of feels officially like, here we go, we're officially in Super Bowl week. I don't know, maybe I'm different. 913-586-7610, Jay Southland, Toast Service, text line. After hours tonight, Dusty like is with you, Chris Nacero as well, um, as we get prepared for what is going to be a gigantic game. Sunday, fully loaded. Uh, the trio of dudes is back, or as we called it on the Sunday before the AFC Championship game. Three guys, one mic. Uh, we'll start you off 9-2, to 2, 9 a.m., 2 p.m., Uh, Then you'll get the simulcast of 106.5 The Wolf and the Chiefs uh, Radio Network pregame show all the way up until the big kick. Binkley with Chiefs postgame show. And then right after that, Chris Nassero all the way up until Fesco in the morning from 3 to 6. So uh, everybody here on board ready to go. We're locked in. Um, The plans have been made. Everybody's kind of got their their direction. And and now we just get to talk about what is a massive game for not only the Chiefs, but also the Philadelphia Eagles. And, And where I'll start tonight out is... You know this is this is a serious week. Um, no kidding aside, right? This is where the 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 legends are born. If you want to say that, you know Patrick Mahomes is is this way or Jalen Hurts can be this way, th- there's already people that have been there, right? And that's kind of where I start tonight off with. Is that when it comes to Philadelphia and Kansas City, still as of now, we'll get into lines and and, and some and some, maybe some prop bets and some some. Things I learned the other evening uh, looking at DraftKings for the first time with the Super Bowl that involves your hometown team. And it's still plus one and a half in in favor of the Eagles. So they're still minus one and a half. She's still plus one and a half. As of today, the injury report came out about 30 minutes ago, uh, which will probably cause people's heads to stir. Practices will be performed. People will start watching. You remember when Mahomes' high ankle sprain Uh, Went down. So I'm trying to emphasize this enough. Take the Chiefs while you can. But also, I take the Chiefs in this matchup because I will always take and I will always go back to the head coach quarterback combo for my fate. Right? Reed and Patty, you know, I don't think it's a slam dunk for a lot of people. But I do feel like if you interview 30 people out of 30 people and you said, okay, you get Hurts and Sirianni or you get Mahomes and Andy Reid – I would hope thirty out of thirty would take Mahomes and Andy Reid to decide the fate of a of a football game, and that's kind of where I sit with this Super Bowl. Is, is people will continuously ask me, and I'm sure you get asked, "Hey, how do you feel about the game? Like, what's your you know what's your prediction? How do you think this thing will go?" Um, you start with the two most important things on the football field of every single game, and that is head coach and quarterback. And I, I I've always wondered. Why that gets lost in the dust of a season where it never got lost before? because it seemed every year, and I've had this conversation many times on this radio station, that we've we've always looked at the Patriots as the as the standard, right? Who do they have at quarterback? Tom Brady? Who do they have at head coach? Bill Belichick? Then there's my answer. And it didn't matter. Like nobody had a debate. Nobody argued with you. No one said differently if there were as, you know, Well, I don't know. This quarterback is more equally talented. Even when it was Patriots versus Colts and it was Dungy and Manning, right, for a little period of time, and it was still Dungy and Manning versus Brady and Belichick, it was like, well, if it was Dungy and Manning versus anybody else, I'd probably take them. And maybe there was somebody in the day that was like, you know what, I like these two over these two, but to be fair, we knew who the better combo was and to decide your fate for many years in the playoffs, You were taking Belichick and Brady. You took the the battery combination that was and probably is the best head coach quarterback combination we've ever seen. Also, who had the better duo last week? Right? Not last week, but two weeks ago in the NFC championship game. The Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion, and as you heard Pete Sweeney tonight on Arrowhead Pride, beat the second best team in the NFL. I truly do believe that Cincinnati is that team. They're that dog. Whether you want to believe it or not, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow. Man, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but I'm taking that team over Philadelphia any day of the week. And that's a team that has Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. That's not to be a knock on them, but I think I'm taking Cincinnati over that team any day of the week. Kansas City handled business against what I would say is the second best team in the NFL. This is round three for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this duo of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. This is round one of Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. You've seen this story before. We know this path. And maybe it is their time. Maybe it's, you know, maybe this is Doug Peterson and Nick Foles and the anomaly of what can be a big game moment for some guys that really just don't have that big game feel to their names. A lot of people took this strategy, took, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady against Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. It just so happens it doesn't work every time, but I'm still taking my fate with the duo that I've mentioned. I would have taken my fate with Belichick and Brady, would have died. But you know what? I felt comfortable with those two. And the other thing that's very unique about taking quarterback and head coach in this opening segment of why I think the Super Bowl and why we can have these conversations now, like we're done. With, uh, with the Kelseys coming to stage and getting cookies from mom. I'm personally done with that. It's time to get to business. And the combination that is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They work better together than any other combination as head coach and quarterback in the entire league. I truly believe that. That's why this team is Focus. That's why this team is better than other teams. This is why this team is better than yours. And you know it to take a line from an MJF of, e- of AEW. But this team works together because the core that is the most important that defends this topic works together better than any other two in the entire game. Sirianni and Hertz, fantastic duo. Work together great. Have great chemistry. Harbaugh and Jackson work together great. Have good chemistry. It's not John Harbaugh's fault of contract's not getting done. You remember the play against the Chiefs. Lamar, what do you want to do here? You want to go for it? Let's go for it. They won the game. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have that trust, have that, that reliability, and it all started at the beginning of the year when Patrick Mahomes went to pack camp, something Andy Reid has never really let a quarterback do, let alone had a quarterback do. Maybe the word let is egregious. Maybe it's just no quarterback has ever taken that type of stance. And be like, hey, we don't have any receivers I'm really familiar with other than McCole Hardman. All these guys that we're putting together, I'm going to take them down to Texas. We're going to build chemistry. If we're going to do this thing, we're going to do this thing now. We've seen one get to this level and win. The other we have not. Granted, the resume is very short for the Eagles side. Sirianni and Hurts, year one. Year two, here we go. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, this is year six, year five as Patrick Mahomes' a starter. Every year they've gotten to at least a level of, okay, we need both of our brains to be working at the right time. And the only time it hasn't worked for them is when Patrick Mahomes was the worst quarterback we've ever seen in one half. That's the only time it hasn't worked for them. Mahomes and Andy Reid might have had it on the same page and that offensive line just was dismantled against the Bucks, Kind of out of their control. First year in the NFC Championship, D. Ford, Bob Sutton, out of their control. Those guys don't play offense. They play defense. Mahomes never got the ball in overtime. The other thing that is very, very, very important in this entire conversation, who's the best quarterback the Philadelphia Eagles have seen in this entire year? Name him. My opinion, it was Aaron Rodgers. How long ago? November 27th. They won by 7. Green Bay was still kind of meh. Watson hadn't really shown up yet. And Aaron Rodgers was still kind of on the fence. Before the Packers kind of put in their run, the best quarterback in my personal opinion that the Philadelphia Eagles have seen is Aaron Rodgers. How much better do you put Patrick Mahomes above Aaron Rodgers at this point in the today's game? 3-4 four levels? 4-5 four, levels? I mean Aaron Rodgers is still good. Two-time defending MVP back-to-back years. Mahomes out to win his second MVP. What's the gap? Is it Mahomes, tier one, Rodgers, is where tier three? That's Philadelphia, to me, in my opinion, the best quarterback they've ever seen. That's why I'm going head coach, quarterback, in this combination.
0: I'd put him at the back. I'd put Rodgers at the back end of the top five. But I do agree. They really haven't had a whole lot of great quarterback matchups this year. No. They, I, I was watching uh, First Things First yesterday. Yeah. And they put a, a graphic on there for Nick Wright. And uh, – oh Everyone on there, it was just, you look at the list of quarterbacks and they they only played Dak Prescott once this year and Prescott tore their defense apart when they played them. Um, They, they just, they did not play a whole lot of great passing offenses. They did not play a whole bunch of teams with great quarterbacks. And so you look at it like how much were they really tested? You watch them in the playoffs, who they play against. And they played against Daniel Jones, who threw for 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then they played against um, oh, what's his name, uh, Brock, Purdy, uh, Brock Purdy, and Josh Georgia. Johnson. Yeah. Just a bunch of guys that were not healthy at all in that game. I mean, Brock Purdy tore his UCL during the game. And Josh Johnson, he still played. He couldn't throw. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Josh Johnson got concussed, and so they had to go back to the guy with the torn UCL. And right. that's the guy that you were putting out there. Like it, it just was not a a good situation where their defense was really tested i mean mm-hmm. at, at the end of the game you know in the fourth quarter they were like i think the only pass that i saw them throw in the fourth quarter was uh, was christian mccaffrey throwing the ball down the field right. just heaving it because the play was broken i mean this uh, and that's not to say that this eagles defense isn't good this eagles defense is is, is really good because they have such a great pass rush. Sure. 70 sacks first in the league yeah. you had four guys with 11 plus sacks the problem is that it's different when you are facing a great quarterback who knows how to move around the pocket, mm-hmm. who knows how to get rid of the football, and you're, you're facing against a coach who calls plays in a way where you know – that he's gonna find a way to scheme around the pass rush. Because he's been doing it for years. I mean, right. it's not like the Chiefs have always had a good offensive line with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but
1: they always own like Bosa and Crosby and guys like they that. They find ways to they work around him it. out.
0: I mean, Jeff Fisher, I mean Jeff Fisher. Eric Fisher was getting his ass whooped in that Super Bowl against yeah. the 49ers. The sure. whole game. Oh, yeah. The whole game. I was I thought Bosa was gonna murder Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in that game. Cause he was just every rep, like I was just holding my breath. And he
1: was always like a half second away. Just
0: a half second away. Just yeah. like one, just one, if if the coverage could hold for one more half second longer he's getting hands or he's getting a shoulder on Patrick Mahomes for sure on that wasp play he hit Patrick Mahomes like Mahomes had to take a hit on that play so I just feel like that the past they can find ways around that and the Eagles haven't played a team that can work around a great pass rush like the Chiefs can
1: so this is from Clubhouse conversation good group of dudes over there top five quarterbacks the Eagles have faced this year Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, three times Derek Goff. That's their top five. Top five quarterbacks that Chiefs have faced this year, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow twice, Justin Herbert twice, Trevor Lawrence twice, Tom Brady. Tom Brady being the worst quarterback you face this year, and the best quarterback they face this year is Trevor Lawrence.
0: Well, the best of the top of the ones. Top. Of yeah. the top ones, I face. Yeah. Yeah. And and Brady had a good really good game and <laughs> he actually wasn't playing well before that, but that was his best game up until that point. they scored thirty one points. They had a hell of a game, but they were favored by like, what was it, like two and a half, and the Chiefs sure. beat him by ten? Yeah. It was it was a different kind of game there. The other thing that I do kind of find
1: truth to, and I know I'm not trying to sound like a like a home or anything, but I do believe a few of the of the cats from 49ers territory that they saw something in that defense and they were ready to expose it. They just couldn't. Now, I know that sounds lame and very vague, but these are guys that I truly believe are intelligent, like a Brandon Ayuk, like a Christian McCaffrey. Guys like that that have excelled on the field and shown that they can read defenses and play against defenses that are elite no matter what because of their talent and their mind. And they believe that they found something in that defense. Again, that defense has got Fletcher Cox, Ndamukong Sue, two fantastic corners. They're good. I'm not, I'm not discrediting their defense. But it's similar to the Mike Tyson theory that everybody's cool until they get hit in the blank face. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid can have that effect on you where you've got it down. You know what you're going to do against this team. And then reality comes out there and shows you, and you're like, okay, maybe these guys really are as good as everyone says they are. And the truth is, it is. And it hits you right in the face. And then it's like, okay, how do we adjust to this now? The other thing for Patrick Mahomes is that Philadelphia can do whatever they think they need to do with their defense because you've seen Patriot defenses. You've seen Buffalo defenses do this in the playoffs. They try to get a game plan against Patrick Mahomes. The guy figures it out, and then he knows what to do. And as Andy Reid said today on Patrick Mahomes, he may not be 100%, but he's 100% ready to play every single play they have in that gigantic-ass playbook. So... Again, I'll take quarterback and head coach. Coming up on the other side, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp Jr., joins the show. Normally, he Jones at 6'15". Tonight, There was a special Arrowhead Pride radio show, so he'll join us next here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app, brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.
1: Injury report is out. Kadarius Tony is the only one who was limited in practice due to an ankle and a hamstring, but he said he's playing. So take the man's advice. Uh, Willie Gay full practice. Patrick Mahomes full practice. McKinnon, Pacheco, Trey Smith, Juju Smith, Schuster, all full practice participants. Um, Philadelphia, a little shaky. Right at that offensive line, Landon Dickerson elbow was a full practice. Lane Johnson, Growing slash rest. That's probably just some veteran rest. Limited practice. Camp Juergens also limited with a hip slash rest. Uh, Avante Maddox, their cornerback toe slash rest. And then Robert Quinn foot was a full practice. So three limiteds, two fulls. only one limited for the chief side. That Kadarius Tony, everybody else a full practice. Something that is good to see. Something that is good to hear is Ron Cobb on 610 Sports Radio. Ron, how are you this weekend?
2: Dusty, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I'm maybe a little jealous of, of our guy, Pete, you know, boss <laughs> man Pete down in down in Arizona. But uh, no, you know, we'll, we'll have our, you know, we, we can have fun without the boss, man. So, yeah. we, you know, it's, it's a good time without the boss, man.
1: Yeah, they did me dirty, man. They gave me uh, 22 straight weeks of Arrowhead pride than the biggest week of the season. <laughs> See you,
2: man. We're punting. <laughs> I know, dude, and it took it took the name and everything like we couldn't we couldn't you know cop the Arrowhead Pride radio name for for the segment or something. I mean, come on, I mean, nah, is, man two, two out of the three of the guys that's I mean, right, is, that's right. AP radio right here,
1: yeah, and then you know, I figured you know, <laughs> normally do six fifteen on Monday, we gotta go a little bit of uh you know an hour later at seven fifteen, maybe a little bit later than that, but either way, I figured we got to get you on here because I know you've watched a lot of film this week. you continue to watch a lot of film. Um, it's Wednesday It every day, it, it seems like the anticipation grows, at least for me last week, I played it pretty cool. I stayed calm. I knew the game was a, a full week away, but here we are and it's Kansas city's offense versus Philadelphia's defense. What say you Ron Cobb jr.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, you say like, you know, the, it, like most fans, like, you know, it's, it's building towards the game. You might get more nervous. You know, I, I think, I think we all feel that way. Well. It's kind of funny. The reason I may feel so nervous is because the closer we get to this game is is the more confident I feel to to tell you the truth, especially Mm -hmm. when you talk about the chiefs offense versus the, the Eagles defense. You know, you look at, first of all, the front of the Eagles defense, and you may not feel very confident because, man, that it is a very good front. You know, a lot of guys, they can throw at you both from inside and outside. You know, obviously we've talked about it over and over with the amount of sacks they have, but the thing is, you know that, that you can worry a little bit about is, is the offensive tackle position against the red rushers. Nasan Reddick and Josh Sweat both are guys that can really you know bend around the edge, use leverage, and that's what that is what beats Wiley and Brown. So that is your point of concern. But the Chiefs' game plan around that kind of stuff all the time. man. you're going to see screens. You're going to see obviously Jarek McKinnon be a big part of the pass protection. It, it, uh, the 49ers game earlier this year is a great example of uh, if you remember, you know Nick Bosa was just getting. Constantly put in a bind, whether it was quick jet sweeps right around, right around them. Which you know Tony obviously being limited is, is one thing, but you know he'll be playing and all that to say, they can scheme around pass rush. And I do think the, the way the Eagles' back end is structured, the way they play, the way they, they usually uh, they uh, you know are used in coverage. Man, I do think the Chiefs can exploit them, especially their linebackers. You know, over the middle of the field, you know Travis Kelsey should be able to have a field day with them, especially if they're playing zone coverage against them. And the running backs, I think, too. So, I really do think if the Chiefs can, can scheme around the pass rush, can kind of, you know, make sure that's neutralized, they're going to have a – they should have a, a good time, you know, being able to manipulate uh, certain players in, in the Eagles' back end. And, and it starts with Travis Kelsey and the running backs. And we've already seen them have a bunch of success with that already in the red zone on third down. So, I do think that, that matches up well for them. But obviously, they have to pass that first hurdle of neutralizing the pass rush as best as they can from Philadelphia.
1: I have my idea on what the, what the best way to go, I think against it stopping. If you flip the script at, at how to keep the Philadelphia offense in check, but where do you see the importance of maybe the D line or is it the linebacking core uh, to kind of keep the RPO and Jalen hurts is, you know, running slash trying to trying to confuse with, with quick little passes. Well, where do you see the chiefs defense trying to take advantage um, and trying to keep hurts as, you know, as stationary as possible.
2: I'll tell you, the linebackers are, uh, are a huge part of it, a huge factor, and, and the Willie Gay news, you know, him being a full participant is, is great to hear. You know, Sneed obviously clearing concussion is great because you need those second level players, and obviously includes Sneed there because he he a lot of times he is playing more of a linebacker role if it is the run right. If he's that slot cornerback, he's basically an outside linebacker once it becomes the run in those RPO uh, you know options as well, and and that's the thing, man. I, I, I really do you really do need to see you know, them, you know, play discipline, but also be aggressive. You know, the, you know, disciplined, obviously, because of the option game, because what that's going to do is, is really test your ability to read the play. And, and if you obviously, you know, fall too hard for a fake, obviously it's going to be a huge play. And and that's the the discipline part of it. But at the same time, man, you've got to be able to lock that aggressiveness. So, honestly, I, I would almost say the linebackers being more aggressive than disciplined, is honestly the better way to go. So I, I hope Spags get some, you know, downhill, you know, a lot of run blitzes too, you know, hey, just just send, a, send them out a gap and, and you know, just, just you know, uh, even if it's not a, a pass, obviously you're getting and in, in stopping the running back. I just think you got to send the, the linebackers aggressively because the Chiefs defensive line is very good, uh, you know, has played very well, I should say, lately. Um, but they have not faced an offensive line group, especially at the offensive tackle positions like the Eagles, man. Um, This edge rushing group is going to have a tough time. I really do think getting, uh, you know, pressure penetration against those offensive tackles. They just match up really well with how the edge rushers like to win. You know, we don't have a lot of dynamic bend speed. You know, that's kind of how you can beat these guys because with power, you're not going to have much luck. But Chris Jones will do his best to to uh, wreak havoc, man. That's what he does. And and so if he does it enough, man, I, I do think, you know, the passers are going to still do enough against a Jalen Hurts that, you know, he's not as, you know, a guy like Jalen Bur- or Joe Burrow, right? He's going to get out of pressure and maybe, you know, get to a second, third, fourth read potentially. Jalen Hurts is maybe a little, um, you know, a little more uh, susceptible to just scrambling, taking off. And as long as the linebackers, again, play aggressively, they can clean that up. So yeah, it all comes down to the linebackers, I think.
1: How much does not maybe see, I mean, not maybe playing against a, a quarter. I mean, I get it. Mahomes is the best. So it's unfair to say not playing against quarterbacks like Mahomes, but I mean, you look at the resume that the Philadelphia Eagles have against quarterbacks their defenses faced, and you look at the resume the Chiefs' defense has against quarterbacks they face. Obviously, the divisions are what they are, but how much does that go into a to a factor? Especially this being Mahomes' third Super Bowl, you'd have to think the lights are a little bit more dim for him than they are for maybe one of Jalen Hurts.
2: Oh, of course, of course, no, and and you definitely got to take that into account with with a lot of people on the Eagles. You know. The Eagles won the Super Bowl five years ago, but it's it's a whole different coaching staff and obviously a quarterback and a lot of different offensive players. But, you know, you mentioned that, at the same time, you know, I want to flip the script on that because you talk about how, you know, maybe not playing Mahomes, you know, not playing maybe the the caliber of quarterback. You know, the Eagles defense, you know, that's maybe why I have some confidence in them is because they have not faced, uh, you know, a caliber of quarterback in Patrick Mahomes this year. Not even really close, to be honest with you. I really think their strength of schedule is one thing, you know, that really hasn't been, you know, a, a, a high, you know, it hasn't been high at all, right? And and the thing is, is that's allowed a lot of them, a lot of their games to uh, end in blowouts maybe or, or, or just kind of maybe more comfortable wins. You saw it in this postseason, right? Obviously, two comfortable wins. This Chiefs team is battle-tested. So I think on top of not only being here on the Super Bowl stage, at, you know, in the past, like you like you mentioned, I just think in terms of this year too, the Chiefs are battle tested. I've had to win some tough games. I've had multiple overtime games. The Eagles, a lot of their wins, a lot of their tough games, especially down the stretch, a lot of their games in general have been wins and comfortable wins. Especially when Jalen Hurts is playing, right? They had some losses when he was not. But all that to say is, yeah, I I, I think I think there is a big difference in in how each team is going to be able to prepare and feel comfortable because. One team not only has been at this stage before, but is also ready for a fourth quarter or, you know, four-quarter brawl. And the other team honestly just doesn't have as much experience in that this season as, as the Chiefs do.
1: Ron, you got five things to look ahead of in the rest of this week, probably the biggest week of your life at Arrowhead Pride Radio, or I'm not at Arrowhead Pride Radio, but ArrowheadPride.com. What do you got coming up for the, uh, for the fans, the subscribers, and the downloaders of your guys' wonderful website?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, no, we'll, I'll have an opponent scout out. Um, also, I, I did look a little at the run game. This postseason hasn't been very good, and I do think that's important in this game. So I'm going to have that out as well. But so we'll, we'll look at the Eagles, look at the the Chiefs' run game, why it's struggling maybe a little bit, and then just yeah, your five things to watch as you mentioned. So I'm, I'm I'll be just it'll all be on the site by uh, by uh, Friday, and uh, we'll be ready to roll, man. Appreciate you having me on, Dusty.
1: Absolutely, Ron. Next Wednesday, hopefully we're doing it after a parade in 65 degree weather outside.
2: Bye. <laughs> That would be nice. I I love it. I love it.
1: Enjoy the game. Take care, Ron. Thanks for always uh, coming on the radio show. Appreciate it. Ron Kopp, Jr., the lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride. We got to get to a break when we come back. He said something that I'm going to bring back up. Also, I think the best way to keep the Eagles in check is keeping their quarterback honest.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.
1: Speaking of dumb things... Just Chris and I having an off-the-record off, of, off the record conversation. Toy Story, you believe this? They're going to try to do a fifth movie. Really? Yeah, I just saw it on Twitter. Like, why? why?
0: I stopped after two. I was not interested in watching yeah. three. Because it was too far after the second one. Well, the third one was like a stretch.
1: Because yeah. it was like, but it, it made sense. Like, the kid finally is going to college. What's he going to do with these things? I know this is... Not what everybody's dialed in for it's Super Bowl week, big time Super Bowl week. But it's like, why would you? I mean, they're going to get up there with like fast five. Fast Six, aren't they in space? I think they're ten.
0: I think they just did ten, and they were in space. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped after three. After Tokyo Drift, I was like, I've seen enough. Tokyo Fast Drift is, and three? Furious is three. Okay, yeah. That's I was where done. I, quit. I was like, I'm finished. I've seen enough Fast and Furious. Yeah. There's a lot of movies that do what Fast and Furious does. Yeah. So I'm good. And like, and then they introduced The Rock in the fourth one, and all of a sudden it just took off. And then next thing you know, they had like six more movies. Toy Story Five, like.
1: Not that it's spoiled anything, but like I thought, like Toy Story Four is where like it was. Hey, we're all in like the the carnival now. Like we're just gonna go out and be our individuals, and now you're gonna bring it. You just can't let it go.
0: I thought uh, Pixar money. was better than this, man. No, they they need money. I guess they need they need proven hits. Don't mess with Bruno. <laughs> Didn't do it for you, man. Dude. Coco Oh no, there. we don't talk about Coco was really good. I thought I, it was great. Coco was awesome. Bring a second one of those. Uh I don't know about a second Coco. Okay. I mean, I cried like in that. the end of that movie. It was sad as yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my girlfriend watches it every year. Uh, That's sad as hell the, at the end. Around Dio de la Muerta. And uh yeah, it's it's she always cries at the end.
1: Why, can't, why can't we get another version of The Incredibles? I'd take a
0: third one of those before i take a fifth Toy Story. I'm good on the Incredibles. You know what I, I really I, like? I, I Monsters University. Good. Thought that was dope. I actually I didn't see that one. I just saw Monsters Inc. There's
1: a Grinch too with Jim Carrey, according to this text line. Why do we need a second Grinch? We don't
0: need a second. What do we do? We didn't need the Dr. Seuss cartoon Grinch again. No, we did not. You <laughs> change Stick the whole the script. Stick with the OG. Like, I, like when we were, uh, we were watching like holiday movies yeah. uh, before Christmas. Sure. And I was like, we're watching a Grinch. And they were like, we're talking about the, the movie with Jim Carrey. I like, hell no. We're watching the OG Grinch with yeah. Boris Karloff yeah. n- narrating the whole thing for back in 66. That's the one we're watching because that's the real Grinch. And it's perfect timing. It's 22 minutes. Yeah. It, they thought Got it, your fill. Yeah, my girlfriend thought it was going to be 90 minutes. So nah, I was like, no, man. it's a half hour. It Not even that. There's no hour. commercials here, Daddy. Yeah, it was a, half, it was, it was a nice, easy watch mm. when it used to air on Cartoon Network every year around Christmas. It was great.
1: I loved it. They put, like, the three in a row. It'd be like, well, I guess it'd be four. They'd do, like, Charlie Brown, Christmas Tree, They'd hit you with the Grinch, give you Frosty, and finish with Rudolph. Yeah, as a total of like fifty-seven minutes, and you were your Christmas was sold. Yeah, all you were missing at that point was like Home Alone, right, or whatever right. you
0: watch. Yeah, like it's just simple. And we Boom. Don't, we One don't, night, two hours. Yeah, we don't need we no. don't need the whole thing, man. No,
1: and I like the Jim Carrey version, but I've seen it. I didn't like it. It's scary. They even came out with, like, a real scary Grinch. Yeah, I thought they came out with a people. horror
0: movie. It looked terrible.
1: Stabbing people with canes. Yeah. <laughs> not my thing, man. I'm not trying to get scared on Christmas. I don't need to be terrified. Uh, Rod cop thanks for joining us, uh, as he just did, of Arrowhead Pride, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Check out his work there. This is the big week you want to do this. This guy literally eat, breathes, and sleeps Chiefs football. So if you want somebody with a relatable uh, – anticipation of excitement, but also the following that you have right there, man. But one thing that one thing I'm interested in when it comes to the Eagles is how they plan to to stop Jalen Hurts. And one of the ways that I think and and it was really interesting today I was on some radio station, in Edmonton, Canada. I never thought my voice would be heard in Canada ever unless it was something viral that was really bad. And they kind of had mentioned that, you know, Chiefs defensive line. What's the, you know, what are you doing? Like, how do you play attack? And what I came up with in my mind with the perfect way that the Chiefs can attack the Philadelphia offense is you just have to keep Jalen Hurts honest. That sounds vague. That sounds easier said than done, whatever cliche you want to put to it. But you got to keep Jalen Hurts honest. And what I mean by that is that it kind of is a lot of pressure on this young, tenacious, aggressive, and talented linebacking core. Nick Bolton, you got to be that guy that that nothing comes up the middle. You know, when he does the RPO and and Miles Sanders or Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell, whoever it may be, fakes outside, and then Jalen Hurts goes in that inside eight gap and tries to get that five, seven yards on first, second down, Nick Bolton's got to be there. Willie Gay, very, very important this week. Keep Jalen Hurts in the flats. Don't let him him get out there and plant. We read the stat 1,700 times this year that last year in the NFL, the only quarterback that was productive for positive yards outside of the spot, meaning the three-step back, having to improvise, was in fact Patrick Mahomes. No other quarterback was positive yardage-wise when it came to being off the spot except Patrick Mahomes. Get Jalen Hurts, sounds cliche. Sounds pretty easy, easier said than done. You get Jalen Hurts off his spot and make him improvise in a big game like this. You get him confused and trying to guess. If you keep him honest, where he has to believe that the defense is trying to do something, you won't get that effective RPO. You won't get that confident Jalen Hurts because he just hasn't seen a defense like that. And this linebacking core can be that defense. This is the linebacking core they built to go against a guy like Josh Allen. What does Josh Allen do? A lot of similar things that Jalen Hurts does. He reads the reaction of what the linebackers are going to do, and then he'll either take off and be stronger than you and faster than you at that position to where it's too late, and if it's too late, it's five more yards. This is one of those games. And if Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and I'm going to say it, Leo Chenal, who can have a surprisingly good moment or two in the Super Bowl, I'm not asking for him to be, you know, two sacks or a, a pick or a fumble or a force fumble. I'm not asking for that. But you keep Jalen Hurts honest and realize that every time he goes out there, there's 54 or there's 32 or there's 50 just staring me in the face, knowing that these guys are athletic enough that if I do take one step, they're going to be there to stop it. And if you can keep Jalen Hurts inside the flats, I think you can do a lot of damage to this Philadelphia offense personally, because if you give him any amount of time to go find AJ Brown or go find Devonta Smith whoever it may be, Jalen Hurts will burn you. He's talented enough. He's confident enough. And he's got enough swagger underneath his belt, I think, to do it. At least in my mind. If you keep him in the flat, keep him honest. Let him know that you're there. Have a physical presence of Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, or Leo Chanel, somebody like that, Jalen Hurts is going to second-guess his
0: decision. I imagine that Spags will run a similar game plan that he ran against against the Bengals. Sure. Where they ran a lot of press coverage. And they basically said, "Throw it down the field." Right. We dare you to, because you know we know how Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow loves throwing the ball down the field. He loves heaving it over the top to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And and he did get the Chiefs' defense a couple times. T. Higgins touchdown, fourth and six. Chase. And that was kind of just a very well placed football. Yeah, just good, good throw and like great plays by the receivers. Right. But for the most part, those guys did great at disallowing the throws down the field. And mm-hmm. so Burrow had to be patient. He had to throw the ball short. And the Chiefs did such a good job at tackling that it did not, they didn't get killed by that short yardage passing game. Right. And and it's gonna be the case here in this game against the Eagles. I, I imagine this is gonna be a very similar game plan. I, I do think the Spags will probably blitz more. Um, I think he will have Willie Gay, especially Willie Gay, because he's their best blitzer. And Nick Bolton, he's going to send those guys on a lot of uh, blitzes. Mm -hmm. And he is going to attack Jalen and force him to have to get rid of the ball before he wants to. Uh, Jalen loves to throw the ball down the field, too, especially A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. He loves throwing it to those guys. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles passing game is one that if you have good corners, physical corners, who can shut down those RPOs because the Eagles love the RPOs. Mm -hmm. If you are able to press those guys at the line of scrimmage and they can't get off, it throws the timing off on the RPOs. And all of a sudden now, Jalen Hurts is going to have to keep that ball. And if you are sending run blitzes on the opposite end there, now all of a sudden it's going to be tough for Jalen because he's going to be running into five, six guys trying to tackle him. For sure. So I I think that's really kind of where you need to, to go about this. If you're going to counter the RPO game, you've got to be able to play man coverage, press him at the line, and throw off the timing of those routes. And the Chiefs have played a lot of press coverage in the playoffs. And they've done, they did it a lot last week against the Bengals, uh, two weeks ago against the Bengals. Uh-huh. And it helped them win that game because Joe Burrow was never confident enough to continuously throw the ball down the field. And when he did, he threw two picks. I imagine the Chiefs will run a similar game plan to that. And Force force Jalen Hurts to either make a mistake down the field or to hold on to it and check down the whole game. And if he has to check down the whole game, I don't think they can beat the Chiefs that way.
1: No, they can't score fast enough.
0: No, just I, especially because you like Jalen Hurts hasn't played well recently. And on top of that, if. You are t- if you're forcing him to have to throw the Eagles to a Super Bowl victory. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can trust him to do that. He's got to be able to run, and and they have to be able to use deception. But if you throw that deception off, I don't think they can they can score enough points.
1: The Spag scheme will be very, very, very heavily watched uh, during the Super Bowl because I am one of those weirdos that gets really, really quiet in these type of games. Like I just, oh yeah, uh, there is no side conversation for me, and if you try to have one. I'll probably give you the batted eye look and then just turn back to the TV. That's just that's how this one goes because you want to see what's going to happen. You'll know what's going to happen in the first five plays on defense uh, with Spags versus Jalen Hurts. Last night, one of these things happened on the sports stage. It just It's another one to add to my life resume of why I love sports and why I continue to watch them throughout my entire life.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.
1: Text line 913-586-7610. Somebody asked, do they play, uh, do they play Jalen Hurts like they played Lamar Jackson? I think Chris is right. I think you play it like Joe Burrow, you disguise at the middle, disguise outside. Now, obviously, let's let's all remember Burrow had two very, very key offensive linemen that were not in that game. And they were, you know, they were they were down a few dudes. Um, but pressure is pressure. And and Philadelphia's offensive line isn't that healthy either, as you also heard the Injury report, two offensive linemen were limited at practice. Obviously, both are veterans and got some rest, but still, um Spaggs is probably gonna is, is gonna try to cause headaches.
0: I just think he's gonna dial up a little bit of pressure because they got a good line. So I don't know if we can just anticipate that they're just going to be able to get pressure at four all the right. time. So I think you dial up the pressure and they could do what they did against Kyler Murray too, which is just basically have their edge rushers play a contain and don't allow him to run and mm. basically say, you're going to throw the football down the field, sure. whether you like it or not. And it, it worked against Kyler. He did not have a good game. No. So it could, it could, that could be the situation they go there to.
1: Right. From the nine one three dusty spags is used to scheming defenses and Chiefs are used to seeing quarterbacks like Allen and Jackson. Allen Jackson, that'd be funny. He's used uh, to
0: scheming defenses, of
1: course. Yeah, it's the yeah. job. Uh, but if any team knows how to defend a good RPO, it's the uh, it's the Chiefs' defense. I, I mean, it's been a while since the Chiefs have like legit seen Lamar Jackson. So I kind of pump on that a little bit because it just and he's hey, had good games against them, sure. I mean, he beat him last time he played him. Yeah,
0: he, he's had good. So it's not like they say they they know how to defend a good RBO. They they finally have the personnel sure. to do it,
1: and they have the confidence and the and the trust in each
0: other. Yeah, those 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 young corners now have the confidence to do it. Yeah, it's, week it's just going to be it's going to be such a problem though if the Chiefs are able to successfully press those guys at the line of scrimmage. It's going to be a problem for Jalen Hurts. Just it's it's
3: too hard. That's What she said. Uh, Ty and <laughs> Sedalia, go ahead. You know, I just want to say this about this Philadelphia team. I don't think they're as good as people give us credit, I mean, give them credit about. I mean, they played Vanilla Vic two times, and then they play pretty much the Giants vars- junior varsity team. They played Taylor Heineke, which they lost to, and Carson Wentz. And, I mean, they played Vanilla Vic in the playoffs, and then they played the San Francisco Hospital in the playoffs. And... We expect Philly to be good. Now, I did see the stat line that they've kept all but one quarterback this season to under 170-something. I think it was 70, 175. That one quarterback was Dak Prescott. When that was the game where Gardner Minshew played, and Dak and the boys beat him. But, I mean, that's going to happen when you play Cooper Rush, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones twice. Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy with a torn UCL, Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback. I mean, I understand that. I don't think Philly's as good as people are giving credit to. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad team. they got a good defense, and they do have a heck of an offense with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and they have a good offensive line. But I don't think they're as good as people give giving credit for. If they had the, a schedule like ours... I don't think they'd be in the Super Bowl. I don't even think they'd win their division.
1: Huh. Okay. Now I do, you know, we are a Kansas City sports show. So I want to put this out there. <laughs> I do think this game is very stressful for a lot of you. I don't think it is the slam dunk that maybe the 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 rhetoric is coming off as being. Um I do want you to think, I, I, I do believe this to be a very, very competitive football game. I really do. I really honestly think this will be a competitive football game. Um, But I think that there are significant advantage from from both teams. And uh, I'm going to play a quote from Kyle Brandt a little bit later, which is, to me, I mean, he did it, man. I, I didn't do it. Um, just like Dan Orlovsky did it, he said Joe Burrow is the best quarterback and Patrick Mahomes is the best player. And then he puts Patrick Mahomes in his top five all time uh, and then tries to hold up a receipt of people's, like, uh, review of Jalen Hurts. Like, man, put it down. Like, we we know what you did last week. He
0: tried to say that Josh Allen was better than Patrick Mahomes last year.
1: Yeah, and then he's going to try to hold people accountable. <laughs> it's like, just, yeah. shut, just shut up. <laughs> shut your ass up, yeah, bro. Yeah, just <laughs> shut up. Just, just, just. Do your cool little thing, and 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 good luck staying with ESPN because you got, man, you got, like, I don't know, like NFL Network on a Saturday coming to you. I don't know um,
0: about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a CBS Sports Network. I
1: mean, Willie McGinnis might have given somebody an open <laughs> shot at a show on a Saturday. Michael Irvin <laughs> ain't doing too hot either, so there might be two open no, spots. No, they had him they had on the – Michael the, Irvin uh... has been pulled from the Super Bowl coverage by the NFL Network. Due Why? to, due to mm-hmm. a circumstance that happened to a hotel last night. Oh, really? Correct. Ooh. Ooh. One that he doesn't quite remember because he said, quote, I've had a few too many to drink. Oof. Yeah. Mike Irvin's in some hot water. Man, he, he, you gotta
0: it's chill out there, man. Oh, yeah. You gotta it's chill
1: out. out. He said, I didn't remember having a conversation with that lady for a minute in the lobby of the hotel room. And then they came up and told me I was escorted to a different place. You got to chill out. And he has been removed from Super Bowl coverage by NFL Network. Um... Something happened last night with LeBron James. I want to bring this up. I know a lot of you hate the NBA. I know a lot of you hate LeBron James. That's fine. You're entitled to your, in your own opinion. I, I try to ask people to do something nice for people. Uh, I did one the other night. A lady couldn't reach the Parmesan cheese at Hy-Vee. I helped her reach them, too. They were all the way in the back shelf. I, I got up there. Tippy-toe and all. I did it for that young lady. She deserved it. She's about 65. So don't, what your definition of young might be different than mine, but she was, she was a nice lady. LeBron James did one of those things in sports last night that I think should go talked about. I think you should have a conversation about it. He broke a record that had been held for 39 years that a lot of people deemed as unbreakable. Why? Because the great Michael Jordan didn't do it. Kobe Bryant didn't get close to it. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure we see anybody do it anytime soon. And I will listen to some of your responses. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten J Southland Service Text Line. Giannis, nah, man, too big. That body ain't gonna last. I know I sound like a, a curmudgeon or a negative Nancy. Those bodies don't last in the NBA like LeBron's last.
0: If he if he develops a jumper, maybe like a, a real good jumper, he could he could last. But he'd have to develop. But a that's jumper. a big if. That's, that's a, a gigantic big if. 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 It is, yeah.
1: Um, and a lot of people's last night response was Luca next in line? Question mark? And I thought a lot of intelligent people that follow the game of basketball said maybe. But Luka's going to have to get, like, the same type of body and mindset that LeBron has. Like, I'm not out here calling people fat. Like, Luka is way in better shape than I am. But from the NBA standard of somebody that wants to play for 25 seasons where you're averaging at least 20-plus points a game, you got to grind, bruh. Like, you got to get out there and you've got to do your thing. It's going to be tough. You're not the specimen that LeBron James is. And LeBron James was and still continues to be. A a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. LeBron James is the only athlete I think that I can honestly say that I have been alive for that was promised exactly what he promised. A lot of Jon Snow vibes, right? Like the prince that's promised in Game of Thrones. This is the guy. He knows what he's doing. He can do it. 16 years old, Sports Illustrated, East Bay Magazine, for those of you that went and dreamed and fantasized about shoes you might be getting that you knew your parents weren't buying, but you still looked at it. LeBron James was in it. High school basketball got popular because I think of LeBron James because it was being put on ESPN. Like, I'm serious. Like, I remember watching an 18-year-old on ESPN playing high school basketball. And LeBron James breaking that record last night kind of added to my own thought, like, what have I seen in my life that's been this significant? Cal Ripken's record of most consecutive games played, same type of thing. May not have liked the Orioles, may not have liked Cal Ripken because he wasn't, you know, on your team or did you not know much about him, but... At that very moment, you watched. You watched him go around the field and high-five everyone. In fact, Rex Hudler, who played for the Angels at the time, which is who he broke the record against at Camden Yards, has a great story on that night. Rex Hudler, that is, broadcaster for the Kansas City Royals. And the other thing that's cool about this is that we all remember the summer of 98, McGuire, Sosa. You might have known they were juicing then. You, still, you might still not like them, but you were zoned in in that summer in 98. Cubs and Cardinals played a day game. WGN, Harry Carey on the call, whoever it was. You were zoned in to see if McGuire was going to hit a home run to chase Roger Maris's record. That was one of those things. Held for years. Significant of breaking. Bonds did it twice. You can have whatever opinion you want of Barry Bonds. I'll say mine. I think he's the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. Maybe this, that this world has ever seen. And we watched Bonds break Hank Aaron's record and Mark McGuire's record. And just like last night, we watched LeBron do it all over against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a.k.a. the captain. And one of the best moments you've ever seen. LeBron James being real, dropping an F-bomb. Anthony Davis not giving a rip about what's going on. Just sat there and just had no reaction.
0: He wanted to be anywhere else but Seemed at that like arena. It.
1: He's that guy that's not about your success.
0: He wanted to go play Call of Duty with Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah. Hey, you've been promoted. I don't care. I'm not into it. But that was one of those things last night. That was one of those moments in sports whether you like the guy or not, a 39-year-old record was broken by somebody that was, well, honestly, promised a long time ago and actually did it. So props to LeBron James, props to the NBA for taking the attention from everybody last night, and also props to the NBA for kind of dragging out this uh, Super Bowl week as it gave you a night for something to watch. Coming up on the other side, modern-day defensive tackle and linebacker compared to what was in the past. I'm not saying they're the same, but they give me similar vibes.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Lichens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.